0: if you jump in deep enough, you don't have time to be scared. Good morning, podcast listeners. I'm going to talk about this topic at least once this week. In fact, it it's pretty much sums up the topic I talk about every day, but in a different guise. And it's something that I've noticed through my own experience and the experience of so many other women, of this incidence for want of a better word of chronic stress within menopause that leads to this overwhelming anxiety for so many of us not all women but lots and here's my my take on this because some people go well i don't really have chronic stress and yet they're experiencing anxiety so My first response to that is just because you don't think you're experiencing stress because your conscious logical brain isn't actually identifying anything it describes as stress doesn't mean that the primitive part of your brain is firing off on all kinds of cylinders, telling you that actually, you need to be hyper vigilant to what's going on here. To me, that's stress. So I'm talking about the hypervigilance that occurs in the primitive part of your brain that fires up inappropriately, you know, labelling and misreading and misdescribing all kinds of situations and events as oh, panicky. I'm not going to dive deep into, you know, the underpinning of, of what goes on in the brain that causes that. Not today. We, we've kind of touched on that in other episodes. And I think that's probably worthy of of some other conversation some other time but right now it's just about why would that be more prevalent within menopause so i've already told you about the the issue with serotonin so one of our major coping mechanisms is depleted which ain't gonna help but is that the whole story i don't think it is because some women either don't get the full-on anxiety part of menopause you know they get heaps of other stuff but they don't necessarily that's not necessarily their major problem as they see it and yet so many other women are in complete meltdown they just can't cope you know this was my experience this is where my area of expertise is is in that whole loss of self total inadequacy I just can't cope with life anymore. The simplest of things send you into a tailspin. You can't think, you can't concentrate, you forget everything, and you just feel utterly useless. That's what I'm talking about. Now, can serotonin alone account for that? No, I don't think so. I think this is the second key point, and for me there are three key points, and I'll, I'll share each of them many times over, because the more times we hear something, the more likely it is for us to have it land at some point with a oh one of those Eureka light bulb moments so serotonin certainly plays its part the depletion of it but you might think well hang on a minute if I take HRT that's replacing my estrogen therefore problem should be solved so how is it that women end up you know and this is how I kind of started this journey not my journey but the journey of supporting other people was when a client came to me, she was on HRT, and then she was on antidepressants, and she was still feeling completely rubbish. It was like nothing was really touching the sides. So let's take that one at a time. So she started with HRT. In theory, that's kind of giving you some kind of estrogen replacement, therefore, should be supporting that serotonin production. So if that was the problem, that should be solved, shouldn't it? Well, it would appear that for some women it is. For some women, and I've I've heard them rave about it, I've never taken HRT for my own reasons, but I know many women that would swear by it, would just, you know, give up their anything you asked for the HRT because it, they just see it as a lifesaver. And I think that's wonderful. If you're in that group, you, you're not even going to be listening to this podcast because that's it, you found your personal solution but that isn't always the case. So the next thing that happens is and let me use this this previous client of mine as an example. So so she's got the HRT. She found that helped with the brain fog. But it didn't help with the generalized anxiety. That was just getting worse and worse and it was affecting her sleep and she was taking time off work and feeling uncomfortable about going to work and being at work. And, you know, anxiety was just springing up all over the place. She just felt like, well, she was concerned that, you know, if this doesn't get any better, I'm I'm going to be on long-term sick, I can't do my job, and I'm about to go through a really stressful period at work that normally I'm totally on top of, I'm completely relied upon, and I don't think, I just can't do this, I can't hold this up. It's like she's supporting the world, and. And her knees are buckling, kind of thing. So she's obviously been at this point and explained it to her GP, who said, Okay, you know, why don't you try these antidepressants? So she gets prescribed serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Again, coming from the perspective of this is about serotonin depletion. Doesn't work. Still feeling highly anxious. Now, SSRIs, serotonin reuptake inhibitors there's selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors that's why there's two s's um are not great for anxiety and so what can happen is that they start prescribing something different and which is for the anxiety and those aren't to be taken all the time those are to be taken when you get an episode but if you're always like, like there's always a background anxiety you know want that and that's not what she wanted she didn't really want the antidepressants but she was desperate as so many of us are so that's when she landed up at my door and we worked together and got her to a place where she could cope again so let's go back to why do i think this happens and which is not just about the serotonin here's my take on it this is how i think i was affected and how i think probably 99.9% of the people I work with successfully are affected. I think we're the kind of people who, and I always talk about my clients being the kind who are might describe themselves or other people might describe them as very capable, high-performing, coping types. I hate to use that word, type, but the kind of people that you would rely on completely like, like if everybody else is is falling over and not and struggling and not knowing what to do you'd be the person to go oh that's fine just just leave it here I'll do it I'll do it that kind of person that's the kind of person I was when I was in the corporate workplace it's like no just give it to me. it's fine I'll do it other people are panicking oh what's gonna happen and you're the kind of person that goes it's okay just just leave it there so you take things on that's your nature that's perhaps what you perceive you're good at but here's the thing that i think and there's some underpinning elements where i think this episode i did the other day about imposter syndrome with hindsight plays a role what i think happens is you get good at taking things on but what you're actually doing is dealing with a very high degree a high level of background anxiety already so imagine your version of your car rather than idling you know you've got you started the car and it's just in idle you've got your body and your brain familiar with a level that functions above idle. so imagine you're constantly revving the car slightly this is your metaphorical car. This is you and um, managing your anxiety. So you've trained yourself and your brain to manage with a slightly higher level of anxiety than you probably should for your health and well being. Because it means you thrive a little bit too much on adrenaline, adrenaline fixes, cortisol fixes. You don't realize this is what you're doing, but you know, the symptoms are there probably, you know, maybe you're someone that works best on a tight deadline, last minute, um, works well under pressure, all of those things are symptomatic of someone that's probably running a high level of background anxiety and is a little bit addicted to the adrenaline cortisol fix. That's all I'm going to say about that at the moment. So when you get to menopause and the serotonin drops off now imagine it's as if your foot's now slipped on the accelerator that was revving and now it's really revving high i mean it's really revving high and, and people are looking out the windows now thinking who is that revving their car up so loud just back off like you don't like you don't know how to back off because you've had your foot on that accelerator for a long time and somehow it's as if your foot's got stuck it's wedged it's now running at a really high level because that little protective layer the serotonin was providing isn't helping and once you step up to that high level of revs and you might go oh, go to the HRT you'd think or oh, that will take me back to where I was but the way our brains work is once you start triggering high levels of anxiety you create begin to create a neural pathway and strengthen that neural pathway that runs around fear-based mechanisms and that part of your brain works fast and it learns fast and so the longer you spend in this high rev state the more that becomes triggered as your default mechanism your brain learns how to do it and the primitive part of your brain takes over and when it takes over it just bypasses all of that logical conscious rational thinking it's got no time for that just bypasses goes straight to the primitive response mechanism which is uh uh-oh wild animals outside the cave and that is my take on why i think when we get to menopause the serotonin replacement isn't enough uh the deep breathing isn't enough that we're we're trying all these little tools and strategies and sometimes we we hit upon something by chance that works but the key thing in my view that needs to happen is you need to find a way to create a new neural pathway one that is it kind of can take you to a completely new and better place than you were before menopause this is the the real joy in it can take you to a better place because really all that's happened is you've just dug in deeper with the pattern you already had you know the pattern was fairly rutted but you've dug in really deep with it now But because of neuroplasticity and the ability for your brain to adapt, given a a new pathway, what you need to learn how to do is create these new pathways that help you manage life better, just get more in touch with what works for you, what uplifts you and, and things that seem very obvious in the positive thinking kind of space. But unless they're approached in a certain way they won't work because if you approach them in a logical way your logical brain goes oh i'll do the sensible thing i just need to be calmer. i just need to breathe more just need to whatever it isn't enough to bypass the primitive response mechanism which works faster and and it will just so just like um i hate to use this analogy but it sprung to mind you know the woman in the boardroom sketch where we've all heard it, Uh, you're speaking, and in your room full of men, and nobody's nobody's hearing. It's like you didn't say anything until someone else says something that you just said. And everybody suddenly goes, Oh, what a good idea. And you think, hello, Was, was was I here? Imagine that situation, that's your conscious brain talking, but your subconscious brain, your primitive brain is in the background, not listening, not listening, not listening. And so it's just shooting into the wind. It's it's, it's not, it's pointless. You have to learn how to create the neural pathways in a way that your whole brain and body will respond. And when they do, once you start to create this powerful new pathway that works for you to increase your calm, to regain your confidence, your focus, your concentration, your memory, dare I say, then your brain starts to learn, oh, oh, we don't need that old pathway, we don't seem to be using that so much anymore, your anxiety pathway, and what it starts to do is synaptic pruning, in other words, it kind of cuts off all the bypasses that went there, all those shortcuts that's been creating and strengthening and reinforcing, it goes, "Oh, oh, we don't seem to use those anymore, so it's like, think of it like Google now found a faster route, someone built a new road, and now It doesn't need to take you down all those shortcuts around the back alleys and and into the roads and sitting in the traffic jams. It doesn't have to do that anymore. Because now, someone's built this lovely new road, which is beautiful and clear and free-flowing and, you know, lined with trees and scenery and sea and, uh, you know, I'm talking metaphor, of course. But that's the key. So let's recap. It may be that serotonin, well, if you're in an anxious state, serotonin isn't the only factor. It's one of them. It doesn't help, but it isn't the core culprit. What I'm talking about today is what I describe as chronic stress, but it's predicated upon the fact that you've probably been running at a high level of stress-filled behaviours without even realising it because you have got so used to it, you got hooked on it the chemicals that your body delivers when you're under that in those situations is a little bit addictive but it's not good for you it's not good for you physically or mentally but you've got a little bit hooked so when you hit menopause it's like you just put your foot right down on the accelerator and you, and it's stuck you can't get your foot off the accelerator it's running way too high you've lost control you don't know What's going on? And you need to get your foot off that accelerator, but you don't know how. So the way to do that is to discover ways to build new neural pathways in such a way that your primitive mind isn't triggered to go, ha ha, we're going we'll be doing that. We'll be doing this thing. We always do it because it works, because it keeps you safe. It keeps you alive. That's its primary intention, even though it's got the whole thing upside down, back to front it isn't listening to your logical conscious brain. It, it doesn't, it it doesn't think it needs to. That's not the the domain that it works in. It's going, la, 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 can't hear you, can't hear you. Look, keeping you safe, keeping you safe, keeping you alive. And so once you build these new, you learn how to build these new neural pathways that work for you to become happier, more confident, more assertive, calmer, uh, to regain your, your focus, your memory, all of those things, then it starts to atrophy all of those synaptic connections to the old neural pathways that weren't serving you well. And then when you come out the other side of that, the chances are, rather than just maintaining or returning to where you were, you end up in a better place. And that is pretty damn exciting to end up in a better place than you were before. Not just a, oh, I just wanna survive, but find yourself somewhere that feels so much truer to you. So I hope that's helpful as ever. Share on social media, make sure you have joined the Menopause Anxiety Freedom group on Facebook where I'm now doing weekly trainings and that may increase. I'm thinking of maybe focusing more content in that group than here and uh yeah as i said join me tomorrow let me know get me give me some feedback either in the group or or at the mental world factory and i look forward to welcoming you again bye for now